0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. I have another fascinating guest with me today. I have with me Philip Langdon. He's 52. He's from the UK. Phil has a Bachelor of Science in Mathematics and mostly worked in the industrial sector after starting graphic art and design making. Alongside his working life, Phil has pursued truth studies and the nature of reality through subjects as physics, psychology, and philosophy, in 2014, Phil had the Samadhi experience with God at Anchor Wat on a visit, followed five days later with Illumination. Ever since, Phil has been writing books on the experience and the knowledge, and uh, I want to give him a big warm welcome to the show. You might have seen him on other shows, but I, I really thought it'd be interesting to get him on and talk about this stuff, and we're also going to talk about a little bit of ufology stuff as well, but thank Phil, thank you for coming on. How are you?
1: Oh, very well. Thank you, Mike. It's a great pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I, I can't tell you how appreciative I am of that.
0: So, when did this all start for you? This pursuit of like truth and 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 then eventually attaining illumination.
1: Uh, to to be perfectly honest, um, I was a regular kid until I was about ten, um, and then I had an experience with somebody in my school where I fell in love with somebody at the age of ten, um, and it it just completely. Um, changed my thinking and it just blew me out of the water and I didn't realize anything like that was possible Um, and it it made me question because it was so deep it's such a personal thing Um, it just made me start questioning everything for the first time I never did that before Uh, and when I did that it snowballed it literally just snowballed and I realized there was stuff to learn and that it was it was exciting to learn and it was um, better to be knowledgeable than to be ignorant See, I, I just recognised that. So I, I just set about thinking, I want to know everything. <laughs> I want to know everything about everything. I just want to understand everything, because that, that's really weird. You know, it, it was an alien experience to me, falling in love, um, even at that young age. Um, and so I started pursuing... Um, when people come out into the world and say, hey, everyone, I've got something to tell you, I listen. That's the kind of person I'll listen to. Unfortunately, a lot of people who shout like that have nothing to say, but... Once you get through them and you realise that some of them do have something to say, you start comparing what they're saying with your own experience. And I just went, went about like that, comparing what, what grand people were saying, let's say, um, and comparing it to my reality, the actual nature of reality around me and how I was, how I was experiencing it. Um, and eventually I, I just decided to go to university and learn maths and physics to ground myself in proper knowledge. Um, and I happened to go out with a psychology student while I was there. Uh, So I did like two years of the psychology degree um, secondhand. Um, So I learned both Um, and I was doing philosophy in my own time as well. Um, And I found just the whole thing fascinating that they all link together in different ways. You know, I was starting to see how they link together and then starting to see how there is a big picture to fill out. So I wanted to fill out that big picture. And that's all I did. I just pursued that. Basically, that's it
0: but there was one point where you had a ufo experience or like an orb experience it sounded like where things started to get a lot more mysterious for you this is before you had your illumination right like you had like some kind of like maybe was it a would you call it an out-of-body experience or lucid dream or ufo experience abduction like what would you coin that when did you have that when you were a kid or when was that
1: no, that, that was around the time I was 18, um, when I was getting to a point where I was actually deciding what to do with my life. And I was thinking I was going to pursue this knowledge thing. Uh, and when I did that, I started having lucid dreams. Uh, there, were, there were three main dreams I had that were very, very powerful. One of them was full of flying saucers for some reason, just out of the blue. I had no idea why. Um, a, a red orb, uh, actually, it was magenta, which is luminous pink. Like electric pink-colored orb, it looked like two eggs, egg halves glued together. Um, It came, landed at the back of my garden when I was having a lucid dream, and I encountered the alien who came out of that vehicle. Um, But it turned out to be me reflecting my own image in in the mirror. It was a weird dream to kind of tell me that I'm I'm an incarnated ET, if you like, and I didn't realize that at the time. Um, That was when I was 18. No, that was 24. I had three dreams when I was 18 and then that dream came when I was 24 um, and I was at university at the time and it kind of upset my thinking a bit um, and it uh, made me for some reason it made me obsessed with pyramids and there, there were no pyramids in that dream at all I just found that very interesting and strange I became obsessed with the ancient world um, I didn't have a UFO experience until um, June 2019 when um, that that very object that I dreamt of um, came over my house. It was about 3,000 feet up. It was 2.30 in the morning. I was outside smoking a cigarette, um, looking at the night sky, looking at the stars, and there it was immediately. Um, And it meandered about and did a few maneuvers that that made it obvious that it was a UFO. Um, And it slowly went off into the distance and disappeared. So I didn't have any interaction with it, but that was my actual UFO experience, whereas I had a, a lucid dream about them when I was 24.
0: But yeah. going back to this, this is, when you were young, this is kind of what all started to open up your the reality, these dreams and like make you realize that like our, our life is much more mysterious than what we think it is. Like, the, the, like the, what, from what we're being shown from the visible light spectrum, the, the world, there's much more to this world, like whether we want to believe in UFOs or not. But I mean, I mean, what, I mean what, do you, what are your thoughts on all that?
1: Yeah, there's a great deal more to explore. I mean, if you think about it, most people only study one subject for their life. If that, you know, most people leave school and go to work and they know what they know and they don't bother with much else. Um, so in terms of learning and developing, um, if you go beyond that, you're going beyond the norm. You know, so I realise that most people don't have lots of knowledge. You see what I mean?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so... Yeah. What can what can you do? What can you say? Um. Oh, yeah, sorry. But- I've forgotten the point you were trying to make there, dude. I, I, I the, the, your the pardon.
0: What I was trying to make was that, like, you were you started to question your reality, which kind of led you to up to this illumination experience. Like, I guess, like, it, I guess, everything was kind of building up towards that one moment where you had that moment with God. Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah. Sure. Um, I didn't expect it at all. Um, In the end, after so many years of looking into knowledge and gaining understanding of how things work, um, I thought I'd just end up being somebody who understood things very well and that was it, that will be it. Um, But when I went to Angkor Wat um, on a holiday, um, that was in 2014, uh, I had this experience, I I sort of slipped into what you call a sacred trance, um, which is when you focus on stillness, so it's like a meditation. But it was it was imposed on me, in fact, when I was in the temple. Because um, uh, for some reason, I was seeing a statue um, five feet in front of me that was about five foot high of a, a meditating sort of monk in a sort of Buddha sort of meditation pose, you know, the classic pose. And he had a white light on his forehead. And when I looked into the white light, within a few seconds, I went into the state called Samadhi, which is called the sacred trance. Um, I, I'd never heard of it before. I didn't know anything about it. Um, So I just experienced it as it was and then read about it after. Um, And um, in that experience, um, it turns out you're actually expanding, if you like, or you're becoming aware of your very own nature. That's actually your nature, that divinity is your nature. And all you're doing by going into the sacred trance is becoming directly aware of it. That's it. So, So when they say God is within, that's actually true. God is your root, it's your true self. The the spiritual nature of yourself is basically God.
0: We're all God experiencing itself, right?
1: Yeah, Yeah. but in in a way, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly right.
0: That's amazing. It is.
1: It is. It it really surprised me. You know, I I didn't realize that religions were all based on this, on on this experience, Um, because five days later... um, being with God is is absolute bliss. I mean it's it's unbelievable. Um, you feel like you lose all your body weight and that you've been carried up into the sky and you're floating around in the sky with no body weight, and you're, and you're, your chest is on fire with a cold flame. It's, it's just the most unbelievable thing ever. you know And then five days later, I, I was back home and um, I was just meditating on on a, a something I was thinking about um, for those last few days about the um the opposites the dual opposites of of nature of spirit and nature of energy because the nature of spirit is the observer that's you but the nature of energy is what we observe so there's this this constant relationship between those two this very yin yang and i was i was looking at that and i realized they feed each other they're part and parcel of each other exactly like the yin yang symbol you know that really does represent absolute reality um and when i got it um it with with that Um, in the state of bliss that I was in, uh, filled with what you might call the spirit of God, um, you suddenly go, expand from the centre of your head as if um, a a lot of gas is suddenly released. And uh, as far as you're concerned, you suddenly travel about, I don't know, five billion miles. (laughs) It's just the most ridiculous thing ever. You you feel like you've um, flown directly into the centre of our galaxy. Specifically that, it specifically feels like that as if you've gone into a black hole. See, and, w- and when you arrive, you, what you've done is actually uh, you've become light and you've left your body as a particle of light. Um, it actually says this in the Bible, that we become light and that God is light as well, as well as spirit. Um, There's is, an issue of becoming light because light is eternal. <laughs> you know? And it's a spiritual state, apparently. There's a lot of unusual things about this subject that I didn't know before myself. Um, but when you travel at the speed of light there is no time and all lengths contract to zero as we find out with special relativity so the entire universe suddenly disappears as far as you're concerned and there's nothing but a black infinite void Um, so when you arrive there of course uh, you're wondering what's going on it's very comfortable there's no freaking out there's nothing weird about it it feels actually quite normal um, which is strange And then it turns out behind you, there is a a great big cumulonimbus-like cloud with very thin um, laser-like beams coming out of its surface in four main directions. It's awe-inspiring. It's absolutely um, just an incredible thing to see. And you just don't expect that. And you're there for about 10 minutes. And then your eyesight comes back and you realize you're back in the body. Um, and you feel very, very different. It's as if your body is not part of you anymore. Um, so you have to re- reintegrate yourself to your body over the next few days. Um, the brain doesn't work anymore. You can't think, you can't create, you can't construct any sentences. Um, the following day is very difficult to talk. It was as if I had a um, some sort of brain re- uh, uh, relapse or something. Something's gone wrong. It, it could be interpreted like that but it's really just the, the, uh, the changeover in the head that seems to occur. In hindsight, it looks like there's a change in your brain as if um, the four parts of the brain have now fused together into one or something. You know, there's quite a lot to say about it, really.
0: Yeah, this is, this is something much more massive than the kundalini experience. Like, did you have your kundalini like before that, would you say? And would you say the kundalini experience is something similar to this?
1: I, I don't know because I've never done yoga. And afterwards, I was looking through the Kundalini experiences of various people because it happens at all sorts of weird times for, for random people. Like one guy um, was, was um, swimming in the sea, and I think he nearly drowned and it forced him into a Kundalini experience. And now he's, he's different. Um, I, I can't really relate to the Kundalini experience because I've never done yoga. Um, and when I spoke to the guy who runs the Kundalini Center in London, um he said when i told him the experience he said yes that's a classic kundalini experience but he didn't confirm anything about seeing the cloud he didn't didn't even mention that and i was wondering whether lots of people see the cloud and if that's the case how come nobody talks about it so i was very confused to be honest and I, i don't associate it with kundalini anymore even though it is the nervous system and you could say well that is kundalini um but it wasn't instigated by me it was instigated by um um, god basically I, I was sort of forced into it <laughs> most, you, <know? laughs>
0: you believe that this is all our sovereign right to kind of achieve this state and like yeah. is that yeah. why you wrote these books i mean i know you've wrote two books on ascension you've wrote the ascension handbook and then you've wrote ascension code metaphysics which um you know, it's a, it's a little bit above my pay grade, but I'm trying to understand it. I want to understand it because I want to um, learn it. You know, I want to mm-hmm. learn all about what makes this reality function and what makes us react the way we do to this reality. And is this kind of all our sovereign right to learn this stuff?
1: Yeah, it is definitely. I, I feel as though the world isn't allowing us to do that. Um, it's almost like humanity is being kept at a certain childish level on purpose but no, you can argue that's not the case because you are a philosophy is available for you to study and sacred geometry is right there for anyone to study but it's not it's not taught properly that's the thing see if you don't teach something properly people can say well the, the subject is available um, but you know it doesn't seem to have any effect well that's because it's not taught properly <laughs> so <coughs> excuse me um, if, I, if you want to know what the philosophy of reality is, it literally is the squared circle. That that philosophy encompasses the totality of our reality in a nutshell. Um, and it, it's, it's held up as such as well. I'm not surprised. But very few people will tell you that. They think it's just a, a quirk of sacred geometry. And then modern mathematicians cancel it because it can't be done Technically um, to uh, precise accuracy. Uh, but that's, that's just a question of drawing it on a piece of paper. It doesn't mean the philosophy has become suddenly invalid. The philosophy is extremely valid and it's a very simple idea. All you're doing with um, squaring a circle is defining the center to an infinite expanse. Infinity as a concept has no, has no definition, it has no center. So if you can define a centre in that, you've done the impossible. Uh, and that that is basically the nature of going from what's physical to what's spiritual. It's considered to be an impossible task. And I think that's why very few people are able to achieve it. Because they don't realise... Uh, when you know how to get something done, it becomes simple. But if you don't know, it seems very complicated. When it really isn't. It really isn't at all. It's quite simple, the whole thing. And because I know that now, I've put that in these books to convey that to other people so they can see how I see it. That's the philosophy. I get it. It makes sense. It actually relates to physics, sacred geometry, directly, the physics of, of our universe, as I've as laid out in the book, really, in simple terms. All that's happening is that the, the circle is being squared several times in an accumulative order until you get to uh, what's physical, and then what's physical becomes what's spiritual again. So it goes around in this loop. Yeah. I know, like how
0: it, life circulates in a, in a loop, right? Yeah, like,
1: yeah. And you, you can see that loop everywhere in life. That The circle of life is just one expression of it, you know, but you can see it everywhere. Yeah.
0: You know? why, why is it called the great work? And, like, what do we have to do to attain this? Like, for someone like me who's just starting as a beginner, maybe I'm not a beginner, but, like, you know, like on, on a layman's term, like, why would they, because well, I should ask you this first, like, why did they call it the great work?
1: It's called the great work because uh, you're actually finishing the work of creation, which is started apparently by the creative principle, which is generated by God. Um, And that creative principle has a limitation because it is a physical thing. Everything physical is always finite and limited by nature. So anything physical that is a construction that leads to spiritual transcendence is going to have a, a limitation in and of itself. So the creator makes as much as he can, if if you like. This is just a figure of speech. The creator makes as much as he can. And it's our job at the end to transform what we've been given and spiritualize ourselves. And we do that simply by understanding the reality that we are in. That's basically all it is. And when you understand, you understand. You know when you understand something, you know it. You know, it's not just a lot of knowledge rattling around in your head every day. You know, you think, well, I know this and I know that. Yeah, but that, does it get you anywhere? Does it mean anything? This knowledge means something. You know, the fact that you can understand that the spiritual nature and the physical nature are, in fact, two aspects of one whole process. The process that, that takes ignorance to mastery. It's that road that we're taking in this, in this process. It's simply called great because it closes the loop of creation. It literally finishes creation for God. And you do that.
0: So in a way, we're trying to transcend the physical body like yeah
1: yeah yeah to uh, to overcome it in the sense
0: point I, I just wanted to say this like if you look into like a lot of occult and like esoteric stuff like if you look like when people talk about entities they'll say that like entities are always looking to possess a physical body because they want to feel physical again but then we're trying to transcend the physical so isn't that a little bit weird or do you believe that there are entities that want to like take the body over at some point
1: yeah, there's all sorts of things you can say about that. There's all kinds of entities hanging around, waiting for opportunities See, so that they can walk into you and possess you. I've actually had two members of my so-called spirit team literally just walk into my body to show me that that is possible. Wow. Uh, and when they were in, it was like, it was like a little crowd in, in a small room. <laughs> you know they're there. You don't have a conversation with them, but you know their presence is there. And in the same way, um, I've had uh, an attempt... Um, over the last two or three years for that to happen to me. For for entities to overpower me, there's an attempt at doing that, I can feel it. It's obvious, it's a bit bit involved to explain that. Um, But yeah, there there, there does seem to be um, entities and people can conjure these entities um, in ceremonies where because they're putting their energy into the ceremony and they're combining it into an identity, and um, the energy can take on the identity by itself and remain in that location by itself and have a certain kind of intelligence. It's very strange. You know, this other side of life that the people don't take too seriously in the paranormal videos I see, for instance, entities hanging around in places that are just completely black, you know, shadow people, they call them. Uh, and they're obviously real, obviously real. You know, when you see these films, um, there's no question. Um, so, so, yeah, there are things hanging around. Um, it's not that easy for them to get hold of you. You have to allow it. You know, that there has to be a certain amount of fooling you into thinking this is a good idea for you when it's not. It's that kind of thing. They have to cajole you into it, you know, somehow. Um, yeah. And there are people around who, who actually go around doing this as well, forcing it. They, they go around um, creating problems for people for the sake of it, or they just don't like you. <laughs> there's all sorts of things going on
0: yeah it, it's all uh, uh, the, the things that we're kind of not told about in school like right like it's like we it's funny, it's funny like it's kind of like we have to fill, figure out this whole esoteric world for ourselves and there's so much to figure out it's 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 kind of insane in a way like you know when you start to think about it um but yeah i'm but, oh, sorry go ahead
1: No, no, I was just going to say, um, what looks like great complication in the esoteric world is actually very simple. Um, It's simply that um, this very simple idea has many, many ways of expressing itself. So if you look at all those expressions, you're going to get the impression that the esoteric nature is too complicated to study. But if you look at the core of it, it becomes very simple. And you start to realize, oh, I can apply it like this, like that, like that. I can make up all sorts of stories. To to relate it to other people, you know, there's lots of metaphysical stories, like the three pigs and the big bad wolf. That's a story about metaphysics. Um, Another one is, is um, uh, what's it, Um, Goldilocks and the three bears? When she eats porridge of three different temperatures, that those are the three aspects of reality. That's heaven, earth, and um, um, the abyss in between. You know, heaven is just right. The abyss is cold and earth is hot. The universe is a hot place. It's considered to be hot because there's lots of uh, motion and movement in it, which is heat.
0: And what is the abyss? Like, what is that? Would you call that the spirit world where ghosts hang out?
1: Um, Some do. Yeah, but uh, it's really um, the abyss is the nature of zero dimension that is linked to us. It's part of our nature. Um, When when you have that expansion experience known as illumination, it's actually the abyss that is expanding from you instantaneously. Um, And it's simply that you go from uh, like the size of a singularity in the center of your head, all of a sudden to to an infinite expanse. And those two extremes, the singularity and the infinite expanse, are both singular. So they're both aspects of zero dimension. So illumination is about experiencing your own zero-dimensional nature by going from one extreme to the other instantaneously. And that that abyss is otherwise known as the mental plane. It's the mental plane. Uh, We're all linked to it, all of us. Um, So It's like a a source, it's like a womb, it's it's compared to a womb. Uh, Because not only is it the mental plane, but it doubles up as the, the, the singularity place from which the cosmos expands, apparently. See, so it's the link between uh, the mind and physics, the abyss. It links the two. It's the, the, the source point, if you like.
0: That's interesting. Now, in your first book, before we get into your new book, the, the, the first book, the one that's very popular, the Ascension Handbook, um, in the description it says, Ascension is the birth of the gods, heralded by a great flood and the flood in the genesis of creation, recorded throughout ancient history, the world over. How do the gods and the great flood and the genesis of creation? Have to do with our um, our ascension, like were the gods a? Par- do you consider them archetypes, or would you say they were real people that had a, a play in our history?
1: Uh, you got both, because um, the word gods can be used quite loosely. So you can talk about um, the gods of the myth of Heliopolis, like Ra, Shu, Tefnut, Geb, Nut, Osiris, Isis. All these people, these are gods, but they're not real people. They're they're personifications of ideas. See, but a, a God is also an ancient term for somebody who is an illuminate as well simply because they've had an experience with God. So they are a God as it were because now they know God. they know what God is like. they know that God exists, they know the reality of that. So they are like God. You see what I mean they're, they're akin to God so they are gods and that's a per- that's a person walking around who's an illuminate. that's all.
0: Like Hermes. Hermes was uh, the thrice great. Hermes mastered mind, body and spirit. So he would have been like achieved like a demigod type status or no.
1: Yeah, you could say that. I mean, Hermes is, is a, another figure that is a personification like Jesus Christ. In the Bible, you've got a personification of a principle. So Hermes is equivalent to Jesus Christ in, in the New Testament. They're exactly the same person they're not literal uh, people in history as such um it's the idea of personifying a god someone who is an illuminate and then the fact that the metaphysics is fully known to that person um, and he, he's uh, thrice great because uh, zero dimension has three aspects it's, it's just like a coin um, it's a single coin so you have the idea of, of a discrete entity or, or oneness there and on one side of the coin you have zero dimension as a singularity but on the other, you have the exact opposite, which is an infinite expanse. And that, in a nutshell, is metaphysics. And that is our true nature. This is the expansion that we feel and experience to, to know ourselves in fullness. So, so it's, uh, God is referred to as pleroma, which is a Greek for fullness. So when you meet God, you become full, as it were. So you, you fill up uh, and you understand the, the totality of your own being now. Um, you don't know everything, but you still learn, but you you know what that is. Yeah.
0: So the gods were archetypes or personifications of us in the higher illuminated states because we can, are
1: it, God. It can be. I mean, Jesus uh, literally represents the, the light itself of illumination, but he's personified as a person. And that's why he keeps saying, truly, I tell you, every time he speaks, before he speaks, he'll say, truly, I tell you. The reason they write that is because they're telling you that that's the son of God talking um, it, 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 as an imaginary um, conversation or an imaginary speech. It's not actually a, a somebody actually talking. It's just a way of writing things down so you can relate to it. If they personify him, you can relate to the light. If they don't personify him, and they just show you this light. It looks like a, a white spider. Well, how are you going to relate to that? <laughs> so you are going to say? Well, what's that? I don't know what that is I I have no idea what you're talking about but if I convey it to you as a personification you can relate to the person and so you you can you can start to assimilate the the issues of what that light represents.
0: That's amazing now one thing I wanted to ask you was what are your thoughts on the uh, one of the the topics that's been um, there's a couple that have been like really hot lately as far as like what the world that we live in which is like one is like the soul trap that like we we live in a soul trap and that we're reincarnated and entities feed off our energy and the other one is simulation theory that we're in a holographic universe now what i would think of is when i think of like the soul trap thing i would think well maybe that's possible because like a lot of this ascension stuff seems like it would take a a whole lifetime or many lifetimes to figure out like you but you've been able to master it but like so in a way it makes me think like well if, if we don't attain this enlightenment like are we in a soul trap and that's the the whole point that someone can devote all their time to like work and um and then they come home and they see their kids and they they don't have the time to devote to this this work but this 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 learning what, what are your thoughts on all that?
1: Yeah, um, it took me a long time because nobody had done it before and there's no one around for me to look to, look up to and ask advice from. So I had to go through a, a process of many years, but that's not necessary. It turns out in the ancient world, it took about seven years, not, not a whole lifetime, about seven years to go from basically scratch to an Illuminate. That, that, was, the, um, that was the expectation. So it doesn't take that long. All it is, is a question of focusing on on the right information. That's all.
0: And that's all it is. The Ascension Handbook,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. So I put all that right information into my books. They they all contain the the right information. The core of it is in every single book I've published. Yeah, on purpose.
0: That's amazing.
1: so, so So you don't have to bother going around thinking, well, is that subject any good? I don't know. You know, how do I know I'm going to have to study the whole thing and then decide, well, that might take five years. Have you really got that time? <laughs> you know, most people haven't. You know?
0: don't right i mean like especially with like the, the the if we talk about the matrix and if we aren't a matrix it seems like the game is designed to drain our energy like you know a lot of people devote like i just said like eight hours of work to you know and then they come home they're tired and they have to make dinner they feed their kids they walk the yeah. dog they yeah. uh, pay bills they uh extracurricular activities you know it's like you know, this would be per- this book would be perfect for a lot of people who don't have a lot of time. Right.
1: That's right. That's exactly right. That's that's why it was designed like that. Yeah. And it's designed so you can see how simple it is as well, because there's no need to be complicated about it. You know, I think people expect complication and are surprised at how simple it is. You know, so it, that, that's the funny thing. If it's that simple, why is it not all over the place? You know, why is it not paraded everywhere? That this is what you should be doing if you if you want that because you yeah. can choose not to have it. And when you say this is a soul trap, um, you, you can easily get away with that, you know, because you, you're basically stuck going round and round in what what effectively is like a washing machine. So a life is like a washing machine cycle, and you're supposed to gain understanding of your own true nature in that in that um, comparison between you and the physical world because you are not physical. And you need the opposite for you to have the the strongest the most um, starkest contrast in comparison, and that will that that is the most that will give you the most learning. So you, you can learn what you need to from your environment, your natural world around you. For example, a tree um, can tell you all about your true nature by simply um, being a system that that is grown from a simple seed that makes a massive object that we call a tree that that. that hardly bears any comparison in size to the seed that made it. And the product of the tree is the seeds yet again. So you've gone from seed to, to, to new seeds. And that whole process is exactly what's going on in the universe. The creative principle is the starting seed that makes a tree called the universe that expects that seed to reappear all over the branches of the tree. And that that, that is us. So an illumination is the the, the remaking of the original metaphysical seed. And you can see and understand that process just by observing and analyzing the the nature of a tree. See, so you can learn from your environment. Um, If you just sit and think about it and, and look at the process, you can recognize that same process.
0: What are your thoughts on all the trauma that people experience in life? Because it's, it's, and, 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 the, and, the, and, that is compared to like the nature of our reality. Like, do you feel like that we got, we're brought trauma in our life to learn lessons or, and do you feel like that's a part of the whole Ascension process? Like, because trauma seems to be, it seems like nobody gets out of this life without scars, you know, like emotional scars, physical scars. Like, it just seems like it's like into woven into every one of our realities, would yeah,
1: we? yeah. Um, I always think about, um, well, let's say you're an old man and something happens next to you that happened when you were a kid. But when you were a kid, you overreacted to it. But now that you're an old man, because you know everything about that event, you don't even react because you know, you know what it is, you know where it's going, you know the results of everything to do with that event, and you, you stop worrying about it. It's uh, the thing about when people say we're here to learn lessons. Well, if you're here to understand your own nature, everything you go through is a manifestation from absolute truth. So it's going to be a learning experience whenever you interact with anything. It's automatic. If you need to, if you don't know certain things uh, and you encounter um, their manifestation, you can now learn about that. That's all. If you already know about it, you can still encounter it. But now that you know it, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't need to teach you anything because you've already learned it. And these experiences and these events just keep going on and on. The only question is, do we need to learn about it? So it's about our personal status. Yeah. Am I mature enough to not you know, worry about that event because it happened again? Oh, look, there it is again. It happened to me. Yeah, but last time I reacted like this, this time I don't worry about it because I know exactly what it is and where it's going. You know, so the idea that we're here to learn, I, I kind of canceled that in some, some respects because um, if, you can, if you can leave the soul trap of reincarnation by sitting in a, a, a hut on top of a hill by yourself, meditating, contemplating the nature of reality after you've learned certain things, and then ascending so that you don't need to reincarnate you didn't have to go through all that you didn't have to travel the world and meet this person and have that experience and be robbed and be beaten up you know and and meet maybe the love of your life maybe your worst enemy all these sorts of things You, you take them as you are so it depends it depends on your quality when you meet these experiences it doesn't mean that every experience you have is there to teach you do you see what I mean? Because if I experience the same thing twice, many years apart, and the second time I experience it, I don't even react to it. It's not really a learning experience anymore. It's just just maybe there's something that happens and you realise, OK, so I don't need to learn that anymore. You know, But yeah. to say it's a learning experience, I think the learning in physical life is purely to get you to understand yourself.
0: Yeah. So, okay. so before we get into ufology, take us into this new book that you wrote, The Ascension Code, Metaphysics, and what can we expect from it?
1: Yeah, it's the simplest possible way that I can put the understanding of metaphysics because nobody really understands it. Um, It's a very simple subject. It's nothing more than the nature of zero dimension. Technically, that's all it is. Uh, Once you do that, you can use technical physics to analyze it. Uh, And there is technical physics, but at a very simple level linked to the philosophy of squaring the circle in this book. So I explain what the squared circle is, what it represents, um, uh, and then I start applying it. And we develop what's called the tree of life, which is nothing more than an expression of the relationship between spiritual nature, which is singular and zero dimensional, and dimensional nature, which is physical Uh, And the basic idea of what's physical is that it is dualistic or polarized. See, spiritual nature has no pole. It's not north and south. It's just oneness. And oneness um, has no size, but physical nature has size. There is comparison between the size of things. The relationship between those two is delineated uh, in what's called the tree of life. And it's the same process that you can see in the process of a tree. As I explained a minute ago, a seed makes a tree that makes more seeds. That is the tree of life in process. And you can see it. You'll learn about that in about 30 seconds in the book. It's so quick. It's so direct. And and to the point, within five minutes, you'll know what metaphysics is about. Literally, it takes about 15 minutes to read the whole book. It's so short yeah
0: but you said we experience duality but 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 wouldn't that be to learn though like or or like is is that why we have a dualistic nature to this reality
1: it's it's the opposite um it's the opposite to our nature and that there's no greater learning than to encounter the complete opposite to what you are if you meet the same as what you are you're not going to learn anything you you might see that okay well I, i must be like that but when you see the opposite is that there's more to our existence than meets the eye. It's not just about understanding yourself. If you think about it, the universe is an automatic creation. If that's the case, it's very, very basic. Imagine using your imagination with knowledge and wisdom to create something. See, it's not just about understanding yourself, being enlightened you know, and just sitting there going, well, I'm, I, know, I know everything now. I'm perfectly happy, I don't need to do anything. Well, what are you going to do tomorrow? You're just going to sit there all day. What are you going to look at? We're going to think about. There are things to do. You know, it's all part and parcel of your existence as well. Doing things, creating things. So, um, yeah, I, I I see it as you're you're able to go. You you create greater and greater things that the more um, the more developed you are.
0: I was going to say that it seems like we're meant to to come to this reality to create things like, and people can create anything from books to art to music to podcasts to you know like art like things that are really that really get you deep <coughs> in creative nature. Now here's what I was thinking like do do we small start up as like kind of like small creator gods in this reality so when we leave this reality we advance to a higher form of a creator god or we we, we create bigger things once we leave this reality
1: yeah i mean just like um, as we grow up on earth you know when you're a kid you do kid things and, and your world is the world of kids when you're a teenager you expand and you start doing different things you actually go out and leave the environment of your home and explore a little bit and you you have different conversations and then when you're an adult in the working world you know you're no longer learning in college you've got a different there's different stuff going on you maybe you travel the world so as you grow your 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 awareness of your own world expands naturally and you can you can extrapolate that to someone who leaves planet earth who doesn't need to come back to the earth they'll go to another place and maybe they'll they'll become one of the gods that fly around you know the um that we hear about uh, flying UFOs and what have you, you know, I call them cosmic gardeners. Those kind of people, you know, they're not yeah. just aliens; they're cosmic gardeners. They're illuminated angels. See, that's Is an that angel. What you
0: think the UFOs are? Like the the, the I, I was going to get into ufology. Like, what do you think about? Because you're you're a fan of ufology as well. Like, and you've studied it for a while. You've debunked a couple cases. Like, what do you think the UFOs are?
1: Um, I think um there's a concern for the earth uh, because people on earth um have a very hard time it seems if you look at history they have a very hard time developing and growing up they seem to keep going round and round the same cycles over and over again you know um so i think there's there's a there's a concern from outside that humanity um does develop and they're appearing i think In order to to sort of boost that idea because if people think they're alone and the earth is all there is and when they die there's nothing life has no point or meaning whatsoever it's pointless so you have a depressing environment everyone's depressed because they don't realize what's beyond when you see my god it's so much better beyond and it just goes on and on and on that that expands your mind already you know so um i think it's here to influence us in a very positive way even though some of them are not positive i would say
0: yeah yeah that that goes back to like the 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 negative abductions people have and stuff like that are you are you do you believe that a lot of those did happen like
1: yeah i I have no problem with alien abduction whatsoever um I, i can imagine it happens i mean i've been watching i'm collecting uh, genuine stories on a, a playlist on my channel called uap all of those are genuine um events um as far as i can tell there, there's no reason to suspect there are anything other than genuine and there, there's a lot of interaction uh, between aliens and people that we don't hear about because people don't always report their experiences for fear of being ridiculed you know
0: yeah, yeah. there's a
1: lot more than we think
0: I was going to say, what are some of the, 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 the heavy hitters that you would say that are like bona fide, like, like the contact cases?
1: Oh, you have to be careful with contact cases because you never know. Um, somebody can make things up. Uh, and when it comes to photographs and films uh, to present as proof, that's always going to be dubious uh, because they can be faked. Um, it doesn't mean the person isn't genuine, but it's it's not a very good way of going about things you know um it's not that great because the the person has to meet a standard um up against the scientific community if they want to be taken seriously and in that case they need physical proof not not just films and photographs and, and hearsay and stories you know it doesn't work
0: Well, okay. here's an example. Like, what are your thoughts on the Travis case, the Travis Walton case? Like, it seems like he was really gone for five days, but then there could be holes in that story. I don't know. I I wanted to get your opinion because you're an expert.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I have no problem in accepting Travis Walton and his story. I don't see what the problem is. It's a very simple story that there's nothing elaborate about it. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time, you could say. And he, he went too close. He ventured too close to an object that, is, um, uh, that has super high technology involved with it that we know nothing about. And he got zapped. He simply got zapped because he was too close. Um, and I'm not surprised, you know, and the effects he had on him. It's affected him for the rest of his life, obviously. He spends all his time going around talking about it. I'm not, I'm not surprised. I, I believe him. I have no problem with Travis Walton whatsoever. I don't see why you wouldn't believe him. Yeah. See what I mean? People say, well, he's come up with excuses Well, he's making money on tours and what have you. Yeah, but you have to make a living anyway. And if that's what he does, then that's what he does. Yeah. I have no problem with that. But, did- um, but other, other people, like you mentioned, Jonathan Reed, I, I don't know enough about the man. or Because because his story is much more elaborate. When, when you start having elaborate issues in your story, you can you can imagine they might be making things up to get more credibility. Or to make themselves more interesting, you know, it, it depends on the person, really. Um, I don't see Travis Walton changing his story every five minutes, for instance. Um, there's there's plenty of people in this field that have made things up, and they've kind of ruined it in general as a result.
0: Yeah, because well, and then then you could say maybe that's like a like a like a government psyop to keep people away from the truth or what whatever the real truth is, right? Right.
1: Okay. You, can, can you see that the governments don't want um, the populations to freak out, and, and they don't want to lose control over an entire population? It's a, it's a big deal. This this you know this this social um, the social conditions we find ourselves in that there are governments in control of administrations, and they know full well that people are panicky. Um, they can panic in just two seconds. Uh, look at what happened with Austin Wells. I mean that was just a radio show. And some people took it so seriously that they actually had t- took out physical effects. You know, um, I think somebody killed themselves or something, you know, all this sort of thing, which is very dangerous. Um, so it's a better idea to keep the, um, that sort of subject under some kind of control. Otherwise it will just, it will lose, you'll lose control over it. And once it's established, maybe that it's genuine, anyone can come along and make up anything they like. So that, that's a big problem and they can panic people. See, yeah. So, so that I think the attempt to control it is really a sensible thing. There's a sensibility behind that, that I, I kind of agree with, because I certainly wouldn't give um, that kind of technology to anyone from this planet. I, I consider that to be the equivalent of, of giving a, a grenade to a toddler to carry, because the technology is so far advanced above their level of um, understanding. They're going to make mistakes with it, and they're going to they're going to um, they're going to get drunk on the power of it as well. Humanity has a tendency to get drunk on knowledge. Yeah, so, that's,
0: a, that's a fascinating thought. What are your thoughts on uh, Bob Lazar and Roswell? Like those are two classic cases. Like I just love to get your opinion.
1: Yeah, I don't know about Bob Lazar. Um, he seems genuine. Um, we can't prove what he's saying. Um, the element one one five that he talks about is is a possibility, I suppose, but um, there's plenty to say against it. Um, I, I don't certainly don't use him as an example of a genuine um, a guy who has genuinely interacted with UFOs. I'm not saying he's lying though, because I can't you know I can't say. And Roswell, I have no idea. There's there's probably quite a lot of that that has happened. You know, crashes. I know there's there's high tech stuff. Um, around the planet at the moment, because they're they're worried about the alien presence, because it's so dangerous, they have to have some kind of weaponry against it. Uh, And they may have used it to test it in the past and brought some some of the vehicles down. I mean, we don't know, I can't prove anything, but I, I don't see why that's not possible.
0: That's what's big, what's going on here right now. I, I didn't know if you you heard, you had to have heard it here in the US. Like they're saying like that they shot down four ident- identified objects in, um, in four days. But here's one thing. One researcher, Richard Dolan said that we've never been able to shoot down UFOs, but now all of a sudden we can. It seems something seems fishy. I don't know. I don't know enough about it. Like, but it, it's, it does seem fishy that all of a sudden they'd be starting to bag UFOs like, you know, like it was like a simple thing to do. Like these seem like they would be more weather balloons or something. I don't know.
1: Mm. Yeah. Well, with high tech, I mean, in the last hundred years, we've moved into the high tech zone ourselves. You know, electromagnetism is the foundation, is a foundational issue. It's a foundational um, aspect of energy, electromagnetism. And if you want to use powerful weapons, that's where you got to go. And of course, we had Nikola Tesla creating all sorts of things and coming up with all sorts of inventions you know 100 years ago that have gone to uh into the secret world that that rightfully so should not be put in front of the public because the public are too dangerous with that kind of stuff I, i mean i agree with that um but because of that uh we can start um defending the planet from potential threats from outside which do exist it doesn't mean they're all threatening. And I would have thought the majority of them outside of us are not threatening. I think it's a small minority, as usual, that come in and cause problems. You know, They, they um, abduct people to take their body parts, for instance. I'd rather not go too far into that because I don't want to freak people out. It's a very rare event, a very rare occurrence, so I wouldn't worry about it. Um, it's just a, a small faction of the stories that come out of the subject that seem um, uh, very unpleasant. Yeah, uh, I, very know, unpleasant. I
0: totally agree. There's been like human mutilations, but one thing I wanted to get back to before we get into that was uh, the, 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 the Tesla technology. Do you think that the US government could have been using technic te- Tesla technology to finally take down some of these UFOs? Because yeah. they the technology?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got to find out what works first of all, don't you? Um, But if something works, you're going to use it again, um, even if you don't fully understand how it works. As far as I know, it's a a certain kind of frequency of laser they fire at them. Um, I I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't want to go into all that sort of thing. But um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they brought them down. There are some stories online at the moment, um, for instance, in Wales, uh, in the UK, United Kingdom. Um, there are a couple of stories of downed ufos in wales um, that i find very intriguing um it's it's a a difficult a difficult issue you know if somebody comes in from outside they're an alien you don't know you don't know what their intentions are you don't know who they are you don't know what's going on it's better just to shoot first and ask questions later otherwise you're in serious trouble or you could be in serious trouble you know because if anyone comes into our airspace automatically that is a threat. That is an aggressive act. Do you see what I mean? An alien coming into anyone's airspace on planet Earth, they don't belong on this planet. That is an act of aggression in the first place. Do you see what I'm saying?
0: Yes, yes. If,
1: if, you, if you are a military, a military power and you enter someone else's country, that's an act of aggression, you know? So they're going to defend themselves. So I'm not surprised, really.
0: Yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean, this is just another way to look at it. And I think we have to look at it from all aspects. That's what I'd love to do on my channel. I love to have all different types of guests from different different ideas because I think it's like, how else do we put put this together? How do we put together the unknown besides speculating and making up theories, right? Because like- it's so hard to figure out, right? Like, like for example, getting back to one thing we talked about before, and I guess we could finish up on this is the cattle mutilations and the human mutilations. Like there's a little, few cases of human mutilations, but the cattle mutilations were rampant. Like, and then a lot of people say, well, that could have been the government testing for radiation, but I don't see why the government would have to I mean, they could just go out and ask a farmer, hey, we need to test one of your cattle for radiation. Like, I don't think they would go do it secretly where they would go up in a, you know, in a Black Hawk helicopter and, and beam up a cattle and then take its genitals and, and, and everything else and suck the blood out of it. I mean, some of these cattle mutilations are very bizarre, right? I mean, I, I don't know. Do you agree with that or what do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, really, you would, why would anyone do such a thing I think that's uh, creatures from outside who are developing certain things. I mean, if you think about it, there are planets everywhere. And if they have technology to go to any planet, you can find a planet that has vegetation on it and very simple life. If you then want to develop life on that planet yourself, you're going to have to get it from somewhere if you want to speed the process up. Otherwise, you're going to have to wait a million years before a certain kind of creature um, evolves on the planet. But if you want to develop the planet for some purpose, uh, for your own means or, my, or your own ends, you can take it from an already existing planet, you see, and just make make things up yourself. We, we have no idea what they're thinking. If they're doing that, why they're doing it? Who knows? Maybe they 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 think it's funny. Um, you know, they might have a sense of humour, or maybe you know, our thinking is completely different to theirs. Maybe they think that taking, um, cutting bits out of an animal doesn't matter yeah know.
0: It's, it's so hard because they, they they do everything so these aliens whoever they are or whatever they are or wherever they come from they mm-hmm. do everything so covertly and they, they mm-hmm. don't give any information like if you look at like even like the betty and barney hill case like they never really wanted to tell her where they were from like they never tell anyone where they're from they never tell anybody why they're here they never want to give any information and yeah. who knows and in the information they do give they could be lying to us
1: yeah, I mean, I, you can see in that also um, the, the idea that they don't want to give too much information because all they want people to realise is that they exist and that's, that's enough. Yeah. you So, I mean, if that's enough, there's no need to fill you in because then she, Betty and Barney Hill are going to be trying to educate the world on where that those aliens came from. No one's going to believe them. So there's no point. Yeah. You know, as long as we know that they exist, that's enough, I think to I make agree. us question
0: well this has been fascinating well thank you phil like i'll I'll, uh, I'll send you a link when i upload it but can you tell everybody where to find your books uh, website anything you want to promote and thank you so much this was awesome
1: yeah thank you very much as well i really appreciate that um i, I run a youtube channel uh, which is simply under my name which is phil langdon if you type in phil langdon you'll find it uh, and my books are available uh, one of them is free The core material that is in all all three books I publish is actually a free download, so you don't have to buy it. You can see that material instantaneously. Um, It's a Dropbox download that you just click on and you've got the book in front of you. It's a very short book and it's very succinct. It's very useful. The other two are just expansions on that. Um, One of them is the Book of Revelations Decoded. So they're just all on my YouTube channel. Everything's on my YouTube channel if you want to find out. Yeah, that's all.
0: I don't have a, a website description. Yeah.
1: Okay. Thanks, dude. Yeah, I appreciate that.
0: All right. Thanks. Have a good day. Uh,
1: you too. Thank you so much. Right, Cheers, man. Rob.